0: dear world and more specifically hey church girl I've been forgetting to do that so there you go yet another Wednesday episode from the car because what else would we have you know at this point this is what we're doing Um, also I'm trying to get out of this neighborhood and I'm not totally sure where I'm supposed to go I think I go this way Um, it's been like a really crazy week very busy so did morning drop-off for some kids have a little bit of time. So I'm going to record the episode right now. Something that has really been on my heart lately is our collective role as, sorry, our collective role as Christians in our calling to share the gospel. Um, and like what that means, like some of the bigger implications of that. Cause I think that right now and honestly probably always, but like it's just really um a thing right now. Um and particularly in conversations I'm having with people in my own life of like almost this conversation, this is something that was brought up at a small group back in like January and it's stuck with me. Um it was like a sermon and anyways. Um What are we adding to the gospel? Like, what are we sticking on to Jesus' death and resurrection and what that means? What are we adding on to it that is not supposed to be on there? Um And I think a lot, if you think denominationally, there's things. I think if you just think about your personal conviction, there's things that, like, there's probably a chance that that is not totally, um, not unrelated, but like it's hard for you to think about one without the other, um, in, in almost a partnership unless like, well, these are things that I believe personally, I mean, I don't know. I think it's really hard and I think there's a really fine line. Um, and I'm not quite sure where that line is, but I'm going to give some examples of kind of like what I'm thinking about. Um, so for example, like my personal belief is different than many of the personal beliefs of like, let's say someone that goes to an Episcopalian church. If they ascribe to Episcopalian, Episcopalian doctrine, then we probably have some like, pretty core differences. Um, And to me, a lot of those differences are more black and white than the gray area that I might have different with someone who is Baptist or someone who is, uh, well, I guess (laughs) like in just different churches. But I also understand that just because you go to a certain church does not automatically mean you believe these certain things. And even like, even people that go to my own church, I don't believe that we all believe the same thing, nor do I think it's necessary for us to all believe the same thing. I think that there's a lot of um, benefit and growth opportunities for myself and for others to be in community with people who don't think the same as us. whether that be small group or whatever, like, I think small group is less a time to be in an echo chamber and more a time to be, um, to be challenged and to grow. I think we, we are so, um, so, I'm trying to figure out what the word is. It's so easy to just like, surround yourself with people who think just like you look just like you believe just like you and then like if that person has a change of belief or like if you find out like they believe something differently than you it's easy to just be like well we don't think the same anymore that's no longer like one of my main people or whatever whatever it is but I don't think it particularly has to be that way and I think that like In a lot of ways, it's probably like that in, like, high school and maybe even a little bit in college, but probably not as much. But, like, in the real world, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, I don't want all of my friends to think just like me. Are there, like, pretty clear lines of things that I think are, like, important and want to align with people with and think like things that are like non-negotiables yes of course but like I think there's much more gray area than anyone wants to give credit for and I think that that's okay I think that God like he doesn't intend for gray area obviously I think gray area is part of the fall I think that this whole conversation is like a direct impact of the fall in the garden I don't like obviously Adam and Eve just like Saw and believed in the perfect unadulterated relationship with God, um, in relationship with each other, and all you know, and then the fall happens, and we start questioning God, and we start, um, questioning others, and all of this. And like, one of the greatest gifts that Jesus gave us, and that Jesus exemplified in how He did life with people. Was that it's okay to ask questions. I think that people get so scared to ask questions about their faith. They're presented with this other idea. And they're just automatically like, well, no, that's wrong. And maybe it is. But if you don't ask the question, do you really know what you believe? Uh, Maybe, but like, honestly, if you don't take the time to examine your own beliefs, if you cannot tell me. What you believe about God, what you believe about Jesus, beyond like a Sunday school answer, I don't think that's particularly healthy. I think you need to have this, you need to seek and strive for this deeper understanding of what you believe. And this isn't so that you can like debate people and you can like prove people wrong. It's so that your faith has legs to stand on when things start to fall apart. And and I think the most important part of questioning, questioning is so 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 important. I can't emphasize that enough. I feel like so many church traditions, um, particularly here in the South, church traditions are a little stronger than um, where I'm from. Like they really encourage no questions because you believe what we say and you do it. Like that is not healthy. If you are not asking questions, you are not growing. I. Or your growing is going to be stunted. Um, Ask the questions. Believe this baseline about God. Who God says he is. Who God has proven himself to be. What God wants for you. And those are all answered in the Bible. And with that understanding, then you can ask your questions. And that's hard. It's hard for me. I think it's hard for everyone. It is hard to hold the paradox of things like, for me, millions of orphans around the world and a God who loves us as his children. Or suffering that happens at the hand of Christians and the belief that the bride of Christ is the church and is us. Um, another one that's really very, 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 very difficult for me is like people who at one time are strong Christian leaders and then reject the faith completely. Like these are things we need to examine for our own hearts. Uh, people, I'm super fascinated and a lot of people are with the story um, coming out right now through Christianity Today, the rise and fall of Mars Hill. Um, I grew up in the megachurch movement kind of a thing. And I mean, I, we got Christianity Today every month, read it, love Like this whole idea, there's a lot of issues with the megachurch. Don't even get me started. There are also good things that come out of the megachurch But I think that this particular examination of what happened with Mark Driscoll and that team as a whole and that church as a whole is so important for us to look at and say, how do we prevent this from happening again? Um, Because I think so often, particularly in the church, I think we ignore red flags because we're like, well, maybe God, maybe that's God's plan for us. Like maybe God intends for this to happen or like maybe, um, maybe he's seeing a bigger picture of God's purpose for this than I am. Like, but a red flag is a red flag and we can't be scared to like bring it up. There's also biblical ways to do that. And I think, um, gosh, I can't remember where it is now, but, um, the practice of like addressing someone individually And then, like, bringing in a trusted advisor and then, like, bringing it before, like, the elder board or whatever and then, like, bringing it before the congregation. Like, those steps and, like, if repentance is not brought about or, like, the habits continue to happen, like, there are healthy ways to bring about, um, to bring about change in the church and, like, getting the unhealth out of it, um, But it's hard, and, like, it it goes back to these questions of, like, who, like, who are you trusting to give you information? And that's a lot of times, and I get this, where people have the hesitation of, like, well, I need to believe the same thing everyone in my church believes. I need to believe the same thing everyone in my small group believes, which would be great, but you're never going to. Um, In my last small group, I agreed mostly with most people, but, like, I found a girl who's honestly, truly, our theology doesn't totally match up that I know that, but like, we are able to ask each other hard questions, and we are able to engage deeply on com- in conversation about the things that matter to us both, and I think we've both grown because of it. We don't see eye to eye on everything, spiritually, politically, any of the things, but because we think, because we have the same base belief of who God is, we're able to have these really incredible conversations, and she's now one of my dearest friends, and I just wish more people could do that. I, it's the lost art of communicating, is we can't have conversa- civil conversations with people we disagree with. Um, I've gotten in this really bad habit, <laughs> and like, a little bit, this is a confession, and a little bit, I think maybe people can relate to this. I've gotten into a bad habit of like, some would say it's a boundary. And Anyways, this is the whole thing. Of, like, if there's a conversation that, like, someone wants to debate that I just kind of am, like, I don't really know that this is worth my time or energy. I've just been telling them that I don't really care that much about it. I'm, like, you know, this isn't really something I'm going to debate you over. Or this isn't really something I'm going to discuss any further with you. And, like, that is hard for me. But, like, sometimes it's you have to do that. As I mentioned just then, boundaries are hard. I'm actually going to a, like, one-day workshop at my counseling center um, on a Saturday that's all about, like, healthy boundaries and how to create boundaries in friendships and, like, it's for women because women tend to struggle the most with boundaries and I'm, like, nervous as heck about it, but I'm also, like, this is so good because this has been the conversation in my counseling sessions the whole time. I've been with this one counselor um, for maybe, like, I don't know, 15, 16 months. Um, And, like, sometimes we'll go, like, two or three weeks, and sometimes it's every week. It depends on the, you know, the time. But, like, boundaries have been so much of our conversation, so this is kind of, like, a fun little um, thing. And I think it's helpful for a lot of people. I'll definitely, like, share about that later. But I think that we all are, like... We all we all tend to either fight tooth and nail about things with people or like shut down too quickly. And I do think that there is a healthy boundary of being like, well, I'm glad you're passionate about this, but this isn't something that like I would like to debate with you. I'd love to learn more about it if you want to like teach me, but I don't want to like debate you about this. This is not, you know, my time and energy is not going to be well spent doing that. Um which is, it's hard. It's so hard. Um, but uh, kind of going along with this conversation, I do not believe that it is our role. role oh, you know, those R U R O C O, all of those things. O L E U L E. Those are so hard for me. My little fake speech impediment that I have that's not actually a speech impediment, but sort of. Um, I can't say those. Anyways. Like, I don't think it is our place as Christians, as followers of Jesus. I don't think it's my place to try to convict a new believer. Or even, I mean, I think that there is a place for conviction and a place for, (laughs) in a nice way, but this is the only word I can think of right now, of, like, calling people out. But I do not think that that is the place, like, when I am when someone is just getting into the gospel, when someone is just learning who Jesus is, I do not think that the most helpful thing for them is just straight up calling them out. It's not. They're like, that is not health. That is not leading to health for them or for a healthy relationship with you. I cannot hold someone to the expectations that I hold myself if they do not have the same core beliefs. And if they don't know Jesus, they don't have the same core beliefs. And so I think that's hard for people. It's hard for me. But it's like, I first would love for you to find the love and grace and truth of Jesus. And then I feel like the convictions come after that. Um, and I will be honest, there is gray area around so many convictions. And while I believe that what I am convicted of and what I feel like my my like personal beliefs are right... I'm also not going to shove them down your throat if it is not like this cut and dry thing, like the truth of, of who God is and who Jesus is, you know? Um, and that's hard for people too. And that's something that's taken me a really long time to like accept. But I'm like, I am going to do a better job of what Jesus is calling me to, what God is calling me to, if I will just share his love and not try to force all these people to live the way that I live. That's not, it's not helpful, like. Pray for their hearts, pray for their souls, like pray for what they are doing in the journey that they are on, but it is not my job to convict them. It's not. Um Yeah, but it's so tricky because you, you it's like, but I want them to believe this way, but I cannot. Here's here's the biggest lesson of maybe not the biggest lesson. Here's a big lesson I've learned. I cannot, I can only believe enough for me. I cannot believe for someone else. I cannot have someone else's faith. I can pray for this person's faith. I can pray for this person's relationship with God and walk with Jesus and like where they're going, but I cannot, I am not the bearer of their faith. Just like I'm not the bearer of their sin and I'm not the bearer of their burden, you know. It's like we can walk alongside one another and help each other through things, but I am not the bearer of these things. I am not going to be the the one that is making the decisions or, or understanding why they believe what they believe. I'm just not going to because that's not how any of this works. So anyways, I just hope that you guys are able to think through some of this as well. It is so, 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 so tricky, and I wish that it wasn't. I wish it was this cut and dry thing, but it's not. So I hope that you guys are, um, after listening to this, that you can start thinking through some of this, too, because it is hard, and it's tricky, but it's so worth the time and energy that we put into it. So, give me your thoughts. If you have had similar, similar thoughts to these of, like, and have kind of... Work through them a little bit. I'd love to hear it. Um, so let me know. We will be back on Friday for reels this time. Because I babysit and it's going to be late. So I'll do it at their house. Um, with a Chronicles of Narnia episode. A magician's nephew. Go to Goods and Better. Use the link in my bio or the description here. They did a sweatshirt release today that is so cute. I'm actually wearing one of them right now. And have one of the other ones. They're so comfy. So cute love. I think that's all for me today, friends. Have a wonderful day. Love, Leanne.